now you're recording yeah okay i'm gonna um mute so you can record share your screen and do your thing okay hello this is eileen hale i am the coo of TTELT, Teaching Tips with English Language Teachers. And I'm here today to introduce one of my colleagues from Albania, who I was fortunate enough to work with, Bruna Kandi, or to introduce her in just one minute. She's going to talk to us about poetry in the classroom. A very brief background of me, again, I'm working very closely with Gina, the, our COO of TTELT.org, teaching tips for English language teachers. And I too have served both as a Fulbright specialist to Belize, as an English language specialist to South Korea, and most recently as an English language fellow in Albania. This is where I connected with Bruna. We both worked as colleagues at the university. She also served as a Fulbright a uh, specialist in the United States studying uh, Emily Dickinson and her role in poetry. So I will bring her in now and let her share the background of her involvement with poetry. Just one minute, I will invite her in. Don't, don't invite her in yet. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, okay, so um, when you share your screen, Hello. We are now inviting Gina into our room with us. Gina, I'm sorry, Gina just stepped out. And now we're inviting Bruna. Hello, Bruna. Hello, just, hi Aileen. How are you? So nice to see you. Fine. Thank you, good to see you too. Thanks so much for coming to join us today. I uh, just wanted to, shall I do the screen share? so that our viewers can see our PowerPoint. Uh, sorry, one second. <laughs> sure. Sure. There you go. Now where's that technology? I'm learning the whole system. So again, <laughs> we have Bruna Condi with us, an English instructor at the University of Tirana, Albania. I did a quick introduction already, Bruna, for our listeners. Bruna and I met each other while I was working as an English language fellow in Albania, and she's been a wonderful colleague. We've kept in touch ever since. She supported me um, and has some great experience, even working as a Fulbright, as I mentioned, in America. So without any further ado, I'd like to let uh, Bruna give a brief introduction about herself and even maybe start with your experience in America and then what you're doing now in Tirana. Thanks again for sure. Time. Thank you very much, Aileen, for inviting me to do this. Um, I'm very happy to share what I've been working with, with the audience. And um, as you mentioned, my name is Brunilda Conde. I go by Bruna. And I'm an English instructor at the University of Tirana in Albania. I have been teaching there now for 20 years. And it's the same university where I graduated. So I basically feel like all my life is connected with that university. Um, I um, did my Fulbright research in the United States a few years ago now, in 2015, 2016, I went for a semester at the University of Maryland in College Park, and I wanted to research Emily Dickinson's poetry and life, 
And I was also interested in looking at the way her poetry could be used in the classroom. And what I discovered in my research, um, working with uh, both um, the biography of Emily Dickinson and her poetry, and looking at how poetry was being used in the English language classroom, but also in the classroom, English classroom in general in America, I discovered um, this poetry uh, therapy approach. And now um, at the beginning of this discussion, I want to emphasize that the word therapy here is not used in the clinical sense, while poetry and therapy um, or poetry therapy clinical use can be using poetry or the words for healing. In the English classroom, um, I like to think of using words for empowerment. And I'll mention later what I mean by that. Um, I've, uh, in my experience at the university, I've been teaching various courses. I started teaching as a, English as a, for specific purposes to the um, students who were majoring in economics. And then I specialized in teaching American literature, focusing on 19th century writers and American culture. I also teach um, a course in introduction to the literary genres with a focus in fiction in their most recent years. And I'm currently teaching um, English as a foreign language to um, German majors at our faculty who also who minor in English um, as well. And I'm using many of the techniques of poetry in the classroom with my EFL German students this year. So that's pretty much my experience with teaching. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your great and in-depth background. So can you just introduce the topic of how and why you got interested in poetry specifically? Yeah, then sure. Then we'll jump into examples. Yeah. Um, sometimes I tell my students that I um, life can be ironic. I didn't like literature in high school. I don't know if I hated it, but I didn't feel comfortable with it in the classroom. Um, and then I ended up teaching literature, which I now love. Um, my interest in poetry um, started with first starting to teach literature a couple of years after I started my job at the university. And the difficulty I was noticing in the classroom of the reception of poetry, there was this resistance that students have towards poetry, which reminded me of the kind of experience I had had as a student, as a student at the same university. We were in a very good group, and whenever we discussed novels in our literature classes, we could hardly let each other speak because we had all these ideas we wanted to share in the discussion. And all of a sudden, when we had a poet or poetry to study, nobody wanted to say anything because we felt we felt like the poet was this hermetic unit that only there was only one master interpretation and unfortunately we couldn't get access to that master interpretation it was either the author who had that interpretation or our teacher in the classroom who had a magic um, tool which was the teacher's book where the answer to the poetry was found and um, in addition to that um, I I was teaching literature, struggling with uh, making poetry more accessible to, to my students as I was trying to help myself understand it better. And then it was combined with a personal experience um, and how uh, poetry helped me through that personal experience. I lost my younger sister and I was teaching literature at the time and I felt like um, that saved me, both teaching but especially focusing on literature. And I think that reading is a powerful tool and reading poetry can also empower one, especially to um, get in tune with our experiences and emotions. Um, yeah, that's what got me interested in poetry. Thank and you so what much. I'm, 
Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was saying what I'm doing with it now is I teach a course in 19th century American literature, and there are three poets that I teach there, um, Edgar Allan Poe, um, Emily Dickinson, and Walt Whitman. And I use what I have um, learned from the poetry therapy approach to teaching poetry with those three writers. And I'm also interested in working with teachers who want to use poetry in their um, English language classroom. And um, as a result of that, I got exposed to um, some um, uh, Peace Corps volunteers in Kosovo who were interested in using this approach in their classes. And um, it was actually based on um, an activity that I um, gathered forces with an American Fulbright students in Albania um, in 2014, if I'm not wrong, as I was teaching at the university. And the two of us decided to work together on creating a poetry competition, um, very much based on a poetry competition they used in the United they used in the United States called Poetry Out Loud. So together with this Fulbright student who was studying Albanian literature in Albania, we put together um, a contest for the first year students at the universe at our university, our English students who were being introduced to the genres and to poetry in their um, course in the first year. And we gave them this project um, to work with uh, poems and uh, to uh, finalize with recitation of a poem at the classroom level and then for winners at the classroom level to move to a showcase that we used as an event at the end of the school year with our first year students. It was successful and that's how we were approached by the Peace Corps volunteers in Kosovo who wanted to do the same thing, but they brought it to the elementary school levels. Uh, middle school and high school level, and they were able to pull up a national competition out of it. Wow, that's wonderful. You have such a yeah. plethora of experience for our teachers mm -hmm. out there. So could we jump into some examples of poetry that you've used both for younger students and older students, referring to like elementary, high school and older? Mm -hmm. yep. Specific examples of what types of poetry and how you integrate it into the classroom? Yeah, um, I'll start with um, how I used it in my class at the university, and then I'll mention examples of how we um, talked about with teachers at the um, English Language Association conference in um, Tirana, Albania, about how this project a project can be applied at the lower levels of learning. So when I was teaching um, English through the genres, I used um, the, this uh, poetry recitation as a project with my students. Um, in, uh, while we were learning the elements of the poem, the purpose of our course was to introduce students to elements of um, the genres, fiction, poetry, and drama. But of course, because they are uh, studying, they are in, uh, Albanians who are um, studying in English. English is a foreign language to them. So one other objective we had was to increase their vocabulary with um, English words and to expose them to authentic texts um, in the the three genres. So in uh, the poetry, we worked with this project of the students um, in steps 
from choosing a poem to analyzing it and with finalizing with a recitation in the classroom that they do in front of the class. And we looked at it both as a project that would help students with their English language skills. The students would first start with choosing a poem, which involved research. They had to go to some websites that were selected by the teachers in the different groups. And then they would bring the poem in the classroom. They didn't even have to print the poem. They could handwrite it on their notebook and bring it to the classroom. And they would look at the meaning of the poem, simply understanding what was written in English and forgetting about the fact that the poem is supposed to have a certain meaning. And that was um, a moment when um, that we used for teaching vocabulary with the poem. As the, poem, as the students read and made sure they understood the poem, they had to focus and make sure that they understood every single word in the poem if they wanted to get the right intonation and um, a pronunciation of all the words in the poem. And then in other steps, they would work in groups to check their understanding of each other's poems and also to start rehearsing their way of reading the poem with their peers and getting feedback from them. And after that, the students would go on memorizing the poem and in the final stage, each student was given time to recite the poem in front of the classroom. And in order to make them um, evaluate or to include the evaluating step in the process, we created a group of judges that would also select the winners in the class competition. And the judges were just colleagues. So I invited a couple of colleagues in my class. I went to and visited other classes to serve as a judge and um, enjoy other recitations. That's how I saw it as an experience. Um, with the, so this is at the university level. As I mentioned, our students are a, a little bit more advanced in language and they also have the, um, the skills to do research and find the right poem and, and look at reliable sources for finding the poem that they would discuss in the classroom. At lower levels, what can be done is the teacher can be more present in the process. For example, a poem that can be used with lower level uh, learners or um, elementary school, for example, um, is a poem by Christina Rossetti, To My Mother. Um, the poem is pretty simple, but it still has this powerful experience that every kid can relate to. And um, uh, by getting a poem like that, um, it only has a couple of stanzas. The vocabulary is simple. Today's your natal day, sweet flowers I bring. Mother, accept, I pray, my offering. And may you happy live and long as bless, receiving as you give great happiness. And the kid is exposed to that poem, looks at the vocabulary, makes uh, the teacher helps with um, understanding of the poem. And the very important uh, step in the process that gets us to what is considered to be therapy is the student putting himself or herself in that situation and thinking about what it feels like to celebrate your mother and bring flowers, etc., which can bring a discussion in the classroom. With a little, like with middle school, one poem that is also very popular with my students, but I've noticed this also in Kosovo with the middle school students as well, um, is a poem by Emily Dickinson, Hope is the Thing with Feathers. What I like about this poem is that um, not only is it simply and beautifully written, but it also provides a metaphor in the form of a puzzle and students have to contribute with making meaning out of it. 
the poem is not very difficult, but it does introduce some higher level vocabulary. For example, hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. Um, what I've noticed in teaching this poem is that most students have not been exposed to the word perches and learning it in a poem that then they recite, they, they tend to retain this type of vocabulary. Other words in the poem that can be used with as vocabulary and be um, used as items for definitions are the word gale in the second stanza and sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. And the experience of the poem is so interesting that the student starts um, thinking about situations when it was difficult to hope, yet the hope was there. Like I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity. It asked a crumb of me. Usually the kind of discussion we get with the students is how economic hope can be. It doesn't ask you to feed it, but it's always there and singing like a bird. I've even had a couple of students draw um, or paint over this poem, like bring it in class because that's how they visualized it in a certain way. Um, and uh, in, in another way that I use um, poems with advanced learners at the university level, especially when we focus with poets, is recitation of poems, but also using um, working with um, the therapeutic approach to teaching poetry with a couple of exercises and they are experiential therapy and metaphor therapy and again I want to emphasize that the word therapy might sound I, I don't get out of my teaching role to become a, a psychologist or a psychotherapist in the classroom I'm still the teacher um, my role is only in introducing poems thematically when I work with these types of exercises for example if I work to if I want to work with metaphor therapy, I bring poems that I make sure have a metaphor in them. And I require students to look for the metaphor and then work with it. And, um, and we move from the level of vocabulary then to um, empowerment or um, learning from the experience of the persona in the poem. Or with experiential therapy, I would again, as a teacher, choose the poems thematically. For example, um, exaltation, I taste the liquor never brewed. Um, and then all the poem is about being out in nature and enjoying it so much, but the words used are so rare and so beautiful that empower um, a person who reads it with the right vocabulary to describe a feeling that we all feel at some point. Sometimes the experiences, unfortunately, in life can be said once, and one poem that can be used with experiential therapy in a said moment could be, and I apologize for using Emily Dickinson titles, that's my area of research and that's where I go to whenever I need an experiential poem. One I can think of right now is I felt a funeral in my brain, or I measure every grief I meet with narrow probing eyes. So. Those are amazing examples. Yes. And just as a testimony, I heard uh, some of your students reciting at a student conference that we had in the faculty at the University of Tirana. They were phenomenal. I was so impressed with their ability to recite poems, but not only just the memorization, but the passion they put behind mm -hmm. the recitation showed that they really understood the poetry. And so I compliment you, Bruna, as a 
instructor, professor who's developed this use of poetry because it's so powerful, as you say. And as you know, I've integrated a similar aspect of music teaching, but there's a lot of overlap, if you will, between similar ideas of how you highlight aspects of poetry and music. And they really internalize the meaning, which yeah. is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Um, on along those lines, can you just share some of the specific benefits you have seen to both the students and to English language teachers, how our listeners might want to apply this with their students, <laughs> the concrete benefits that they might hope for, as we're talking about the, the theme of hope today, mm -hmm. when they, if and when they integrate poetry into their classrooms, what are the real tangible benefits they can hope for? Yeah. Sure. Well, first, I'd like to go back to you mentioning the students reciting. Uh, we like to showcase them whenever we can, and they do such an amazing job with it. So we're glad they're given the opportunity to go even to teacher conferences or professor conferences at the university level and be able to recite. And that gives, um, I want to start from actually the bottom of the list of, of practical um, or benefits that poetry, I think, can have. One um, benefit or one um, advantage that I have seen in this project with my student is the, um, the skills for public speaking that it gives them. Most of the students resist at the beginning when I tell them at the beginning of the semester that they will have to recite three poems by heart during the semester and they'll have to go in front of class to do that. And usually they'll say, well, we're not little kids anymore. We are at the university. What's the point of it? I don't know how to memorize. I can only learn things logically and all kinds of excuses. And then when we start working on the project step by step, they come to a point that, yeah, they do struggle with being in front of the classroom. But we start talking about how these students, they are majoring in English and most of them will become English teachers in the future. And we let them know that this is the first step to going in front of that classroom and starting to look at or to feel what it is like to stand in there. So those uh, skills of speaking in public and it, it's easier when you use somebody else's words. You don't have to worry about what you'll be saying, but manage the emotions first. And then that helps you work with your own words later on. Um, and other benefits that um, I can mention, and I've noticed this kinds of activities with poetry in the classroom, in addition to providing diversity in the types of exercises and also bringing a kind of emotion in uh, the English language classroom, um, they help with language proficiency. Um, poetry is seen as a genre where the word is very powerful. Sometimes I feel like Emily Dickinson as a poet weighed words before she put them in a poem. So if the, the word was powerful or it was heavy, she would put it in there to replace a whole sentence with it. And from that perspective, I think the kind of vocabulary that students get from um, poetry helps them with their language proficiency. In addition, considering the fact that many teachers in Albania especially struggle with materials and uh, supporting materials in the classroom, I would say that this activity is pretty practical. You don't need to bring a PowerPoint presentation. You don't, bring, don't need to bring technology in the classroom. You can if you want to advance the, the process or the kind of activity, but all you need is a poem. And as I mentioned before, students can simply copy it, handwrite it on their notebook. Actually, it's suggested 
it as the first step towards memorization. Writing the poem down, it helps with internalization, kind of processing every word as you write it down. And we can, as English teachers, I think we are immediately thinking about spelling skills as they write the poem down, because they have to pay attention to how the words are written. Um, in addition to that, one benefit that I, I really like, especially as it um, when it comes to the student-teacher relationship, I find that this, this kind of activity provides, um, enables a personal connection with the poems. Um, the semester that we just finished at the University of Tirana, I learned early in the semester that one of the, my students were missing from the German majors was missing classes, and she wrote to me that she had just lost her mother. Having been exposed to this kind of activity with poetry, my first instinct was to find a poem about the situation and just send it to her, uh, along with my condolences. And she wrote back that she felt the poem was so helpful, and that's what she exactly needed in that moment. And she mentioned, since you talked about the power of music, Aileen, she said, I felt exactly as I felt the day when it happened, that I was listening to music in my room, and the poem gave me the same feeling. So that kind of personal connection, sometimes we do it with birthdays, it's somebody's birthday, then students bring a poem to celebrate their friend with it. So I really like that personal connection that it provides with the students. Um, I also see this activity as a kind of activity that helps with the development of real language skills. It introduces students to authentic material and um, especially to um, then expressing emotions through the poems, which helps reduce the effective filter and, and allows them to speak more freely in English. Um, as I mentioned before, it also allows for various activities. So it brings diversity in the classroom. You can use a poem for individual work, for peer work, for group work, and also create a class event um, showcasing poetry recitation at the end of the semester to come up with a product of the students' um, learning process in the English language classroom. So this is are some of the benefits I can think of. Yeah, those are tremendous benefits. And uh, going back to, I always think of the importance of building a community of learners. And you've explained mm -hmm. some great ways that poetry does just that. And the real language is so important to feel the language and understand the emotions behind the language. So thank you for all those great benefits you shared with us. We'll put some of these in the notes as well. Um, as we kind of start to wrap up, I wanted to see about some websites that you might refer <laughs> teachers to that will help them and or applications for searching for the right poems for the right ages of students, because as we all know, that's when it comes to so how to apply these new techniques. Yeah. Where do I go? Where do I start? So mm -hmm. Bruna's got some great ideas to share with us on where to go and how to find great simple resources to execute and enable you to find poems. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to share those. As you mentioned, Eileen, um, when it comes to how to do this and how to apply it, where to find those things, how much time it will require for the teacher to get this, these are very important questions. I don't know what the situation is like in many countries, but in um, the textbooks that English teachers use in Albania do have a literature corner. And uh, that, that would be um, one, one place to start with. Are there any 
poems at the literature corner at the end of the book that can be used in the classroom. But I also believe in the power of choice. So I, I believe that it's important that students be given choice about the poems that they will learn by heart and work with with their vocabulary, especially if it's a project. When it comes to that, um, what my recommendation is with lower level and um, younger kids, the teacher can create a pool of poems. This can be a simple word document. If the teacher does not have access to technology or um, um, online uh, storage that can be brought in the classroom, then this can be printed as a, as a booklet that can be shared with the students and uh, a whole class can be devo devoted in choosing the poem for, especially I'm thinking elementary school children. Um, with older children, I would say in middle school and especially in high school, uh, what teachers can do is recommend websites. Um, a, a few websites that I find very helpful and I find very reliable are um, Poetry Foundation. And uh, it has poems of different writers in um, the English language. These are both English and American writers, but also poetry translated in English. And um, students uh, or teachers uh, can go and research either by title of poem or name of writer, or simply by keywords and poems will come up um, in there. Another website is poets.org. Again, it um, lists poems of different writers in English. But my favorite website is Poetry Out Loud, which is the website of um, um, poetry recitation contest at the national level in the United States. And the website is very rich with resources for teachers, um, poems that students can choose from, uh, testimonies of students in high school in America who have been part of this competition and what it helped them with and what they learned from the process. It has tips on how to um, learn poems by heart, how to understand poems. So these are a few websites that I fi find very useful. And every teacher can use their own resources, um, go by poet they like. I sometimes feel like I um, make my students love Emily Dickinson. I don't know if it's the passion I bring in the classroom or the exposure I uh, bring to them with all the poems because we talk about something and I, I come up with a title of a poem that explains the situation. And uh, I, as I was doing some research, both to introduce the idea to English language teachers in Albania and also refreshing those for this podcast, I came up, um, I found out um, these articles that are very useful for English teachers. Uh, one is using poetry from teachingenglish.org.uk and one is from the English as a following language magazine, how to use poems in EFL teaching. And um, I should admit that I haven't been, um, I haven't explored any apps to use poetry in the classroom, but I was very happy to find out that there were, there are apps that can be used with poetry for teachers who feel more comfortable with technology and who want to explore the use of technology with poetry in the classroom. There are some amazing apps there. And I put, um, I recommend a website um, that lists some of them, poetry apps. I think it lists about 13 of them in uh, teacher bootcamp. Um, as I was looking at some of the apps, they range from understanding poems to especially creating acrostic poems. That was something I, I would be happy. I 
like make made a note to myself to explore in the future, encouraging students to write in. Uh, that's one area I haven't explored as much, but I think there's so much potential in writing exercises after working with poetry in the classroom. And they can be creative writing exercises, or they can be exercises with a prompt. Like if you were the persona, how would you feel or what do you want to do? If you could ask one question to the writer, what could it be, etc. Yeah, yeah, those are all great ideas. I remember too, when I do with music, I ask them to write new lyrics for mm. their, their chorus. So they make the opportunity to write as well. So yes, again, there's a lot of overlap between music and poetry and integrating them into the classroom. Thank you so much for sharing those wonderful resources. Uh, finally, you had some top teaching tips related to poetry that you wanted to share about allowing students to choose the poem and just offering guidance. Could you, we have these on the PowerPoint for people to read as well. If you could just summarize mm -hmm. the tips you use for lower level and higher level students and the process of memorization for our mm -hmm. listeners, that would be great. Yeah, sure. Um, what I've learned in working with these kinds of activities along the years is that students feel more um, empowered when they choose the poem rather when they, than when they are assigned with a poem. But again, I've also come across situations in which students felt lost because they didn't know what to choose. So I would say it's very important that students are allowed choice, but that the teacher keeps an eye to provide guidance for those who feel insecure and who don't know what to choose from. Um, for lower levels and younger kids, I would say, again, it's important for the teacher to limit the choice in order for um, the text to remain authentic, for reliability of resources, and also not to overwhelm uh, them with too much choice. Um, for higher levels and older kids or for high school students, for example, um, it is sufficient to provide them. They, they are so... Um, um, knowledgeable with technology and they can help with resources, bring them in the classroom. What they need guidance with is uh, to be provided with reliable websites where they can research and select their poems. And sometimes it reminds me of um, one application we had of this project with poetry with a high school teacher in Tirana. What she did in her class after she introduced the idea to her, her students, the students decided they wanted to do group projects with the poems and they wanted to go by themes. And they came up with the themes that were most concerning to them and in the group each student researched a poem that fit the theme and the showcase of that um, project was an amazing um, awareness raising activity with students bringing poems about bullying, students bringing poems about drugs in high school and all kinds of problems they were facing. It, it became um, such a, a a helpful activity for them to speak out loud about the things that concern them by using the words of, of poets out there and reciting and performing in their English class. Um, then um, one important um, thing that I think helps with um, resistance that students especially present when it comes to memorizing a poem because they feel um, sometimes that it's for especially older kids they feel it's for little children and it's not for them anymore I would say what helps is break the process of memorization into smaller steps that they don't feel like they have to memorize a long poem all at once it starts with reading and understanding and the most 
important step of that is internalization. When students choose the poem, and sometimes I ask my students why they chose a particular poem, they come up with all kinds of um, testimonies that show how they related with the experience that um, the poem was about. And that makes internalization of the poem a lot easier. Reading aloud for pronunciation, tone, and intonation is also an important step in uh, memorization of the poem and reflection time for internalizing and memorizing. And then the final step being reciting with some rehearsal before in front of their peers. And it's also very important that um, poetry be used for the power um, that it has, and the power of poetry is in the words, in the written words, as they are on the page. Um, it helps um, with, uh, as I mentioned before, I want to summarize what it helps with. It helps English um, language learners, especially in English as a foreign language or English as a second language context. It equips them with more vocabulary, and I would say with more select vocabulary. Um, it also enables one, especially when it comes to choosing a poem that you can relate to and you internalize, it equips us with a certain knowledge about ourselves, and it helps us to tune in with our experiences. And that's where the power come. Um, in addition, it also helps with creating empathy for, for others. It puts us in certain states that we haven't been before. And that all comes from that written word and for us in a foreign language. So it gets a certain magical power there. Yeah, that's a wonderful summary of teaching tips. Thank you so much for all that you're sharing. So again, just for our listeners to highlight those teaching tips, allowing especially the older students to choose their own poem and more being a guide uh, for their selection of the poems, the younger students creating a pool of poems, and the higher level students and older students giving them the website resources that are all in our notes for them to choose from breaking down the process of memorization into smaller steps. And again, as Bruna mentioned, emphasizing vocabulary building. This is an incredible opportunity to build vocabulary for your students. And one thing she mentioned earlier was drawing pictures relating to the new vocabulary word. I mean, already that image sticks in my mind of hope perching in your heart. It's mm -hmm. a very powerful word, just the word perch. We think of a bird perching on a tree. But the idea of a hope perching inside your heart is, again, a metaphor that's very powerful. So think about how you can use vocabulary with your students and really empower them to create their own uh, versions of poetry and or write, as she mentioned, a reflection on the poetry. So please go back to see the websites that she has mentioned. Before we go on to just some final concluding remarks, do you want to say anything else to conclude the interview and any other tips you have for us, Bruna? Um, I would say I'm, I'm very happy to talk about this. I really want to thank you for allowing me to share um, this with um, other teachers out there who have an interest in using poetry in the classroom. Um, can I I'll mention something that I just saw yesterday? Um, sometimes I because I mentioned I teach 19th century American literature, I kind of um, go with more classical writers. But yesterday I saw this amazing poem um, uh, that um, depicts our time. It was a Sestina 
like and all the poem was about this uh, friending um, people on social media and what we do with the function like and I can't wait to start the second semester to bring that poem in the classroom and discuss it with my students because I felt it was so um, accurate and it, it's so current and the students would have so much to talk about it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if anybody in our listening audience wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to find you? I can easily be reached by uh, email. My email address is condibruna at gmail.com. And that's uh, K-O-N-D-I-B-R-U-N-A at gmail.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn with my full name, Brunilda Condi. Um, those are, I think, um, good ways to reach me. Wonderful. And we will put those in the notes as well for you. Yeah. I know sometimes it's hard to capture everything when you're listening. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bruna, for joining us today. I'm going to just share quickly for our listeners. Um, as you all, most of you know, we now are an officially a nonprofit under the name of Rhodes Education Foundation in honor of Gina Rhodes, our founder. So all donations are tax deductible, hooray. So you can donate in numerous ways through our Facebook page, the Rhodes Education Found Foundation, or on our website, ttelt.org. There are numerous options for donations. Please realize that these donations go to many, many great causes, including building this platform of podcasts, doesn't happen for free. <laughs> so we really appreciate your support and additional well workshops and events that we're building towards in the future, especially post-COVID, even live events. Finally, we just started a new course through a university that I've worked with in Idaho, Northwest Nazarene University. It's an online PD course for one credit. We will put the website link in the notes as well for nnu.edu, Professional Development Courses. And this is for teachers, a one credit course that takes uh, six of our podcasts that Gina and I have developed together related to online teaching. Includes topics such as what's up, lyrics training, uh, Quizlet, Kahoots, et cetera, methods and tools that we found really helpful while utilizing online tools. So please join that course if you can. It's again one credit 15 hour course. You can get a transcript and certificate from the University in America. And one thing your money goes towards for all of our listeners is scholarshiping students throughout the world that don't have the resources economical or other to afford professional development training. And this is something that's really important to us to offer these courses to people throughout the world that don't have the means to pay for this thing that we are offering in America. So please consider donating towards our scholarship fund uh, so that they can participate with you as well in the courses. A couple upcoming things that we want you to stay tuned for. Wendy Colson will be sharing a workshop with us entitled Using Songs and Rhymes with Young Learners in a Low Resource Environment, Sunday, March 21st at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 10 a.m. in Uzbekistan. We have a challenge of operating in multiple countries around the world. So uh, please bear with us. Uh, another Albanian that we have an interview with before, Danielle Hassa will also be sharing a workshop with us 
on the 12th of March. So stay tuned for her workshop, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And at the end of March, Saturday, March 27th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have our TTELT Talks. That's a time for you all as teachers to have a chat time, a social time, where we talk about topics that are of most interest to you all, and you generate the topics for us to highlight and create new podcasts and workshops based on what you want to hear about and need expertise in. Please feel free to join our TTL team, subscribe to our podcast and YouTube, join our Facebook group, TTELT, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. And you can also reach me, tteltinfo at gmail.com or Gina for any further questions. Thanks again for joining us today and special thanks to Bruna from Albania. Thank you. See you soon.